Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the Word, giving insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. Thrive Church, how you doing? Good deal. Good to have you guys with us today. Um, really quickly, I have something that I need to announce to you. is Mother's Day. I'm going to mess this up. I'm not good with announcements. That's why I never do them. Um, I just preach. I don't do announcements. But Mother's Day is going to be awesome. We're going to have two worship experiences that day because we're going to do free family portraits with a professional photographer here. So make sure Mother's Day uh, you come. And mamas, bring your family with you. And I will not preach to you, mama, because mama usually keeps the prayer, I mean the house alive with prayer and with Bible study. Usually, you know, usually the, the rest of the family... I'm going to preach to your family and I'm going to help them. Does that sound good? So Mother's Day, May 10th, 9 and 11, we're going to have free family portraits um, for anybody who comes that day. If you just want to get a good selfie, you can show up and you can do whatever you want to do. We're going to shoot the photos for you and we'll have them. But it's a good chance to come and get some great portraits for your family. It's a memorable event. So Mother's Day, May 10th, uh, free family portraits. Does that sound good? Awesome. Well, go ahead and turn your copy of God's Word, if you have it with you today, to Proverbs 3, 5. Proverbs 3, 5. We're in week two of a series called Alter Ego. And the idea of this series is is this here. We all have an ego, right? It's what we think about ourselves. And so the, the whole premise is that you take what you think about yourself and you lay it down at the altar. The altar is a place of sacrifice to lay down what you think about yourself. Last week, I talked to you about inadequacy. That many of us suffer with, from the, 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 the issue of inadequacy. We, we just feel inadequate for the things of life, right? We suffer. We don't feel like we're good enough. And I challenged you last week to lay down your idea that you're not good enough because God sees you different than you see you in a positive light, right? Uh, today, what we're going to look at is laying down your need for control. How many of you today, here today would say that you have an area of your life that you feel like you need to control, right? Okay, good. And some of you are trying to raise somebody else's hand. That means that you really need this message. But it's interesting to me that we can be really controlling in one area, but don't care about another area, right? Like for instance, at your job, maybe you're really controlling, but at home, you're like laid back. And in our lives, we have different areas in which we had this need to control certain things, uh, certain situations, certain people. Uh, my wife, and she's not at this campus today, she'll be at the Richmond campus showing the baby off. Those, those, uh, all those little old ladies wanted to see that baby so bad, so she carried him over there. Um, we're going to bless them today. Uh, but I can talk about her here at th- this service. But we have been banned from home goods all throughout the Richmond area. Not for... Stealing, but my wife will buy this stuff from Home Goods, and she'll bring it home, and she will set it up on the dresser, like set the, the the picture up, and not like hang it, and it will be there for days and days. And like finally, I'm like, what are we going to do with this thing? Right, we got a stack of stuff from Home Goods. What are we going to do with it? She's like, it's just not perfect. It's just not. No, I don't love it. So guess what? We carry a whole cart of stuff back to Home Goods. I never return anything. If I buy it, guess what? I'm ripping the tags off as soon as I buy it. That's how men are, right? Women will buy stuff and then, you know, return it in bunches. I've never been to the return aisle so much as in the last eight years of marriage to my wife. And I love her dearly, but that's what she does. Because she loves to control. She wants to have that control and be perfect. But I can tell you something with the yard, she doesn't care. (laughs) I was like, yesterday I mowed my 
yards. Some of you guys saw it on Instagram. I was like, man, whew, edged it, weeded it, mowed. That looks good. Baby, just look at the yard. Nah. <laughs> she thought it was mowed a week ago. So, I mean, it's things like that. that um, so, it's funny. In some areas of life, we're very controlling. Other areas, it doesn't matter. And here's two areas we normally try to control. Number one is people. See, God has a great plan for all of our lives. You know that? But you also have a great plan for everybody else's life too, don't you? Because you know what they need best. There are people in your life you're trying to control. If they would just listen to you, they would be successful in either the fruit of the land. And so you will bribe them, manipulate them, do whatever you can do to get them to listen to you. And that's what you have to do with teenagers sometimes, right? Some of y'all know that, right? And you have teenagers, you've got to try to do that. So people are one area. The other area is circumstances. We want circumstances to all turn out favorably in everything that we do, right? So we even make up theology. It's funny. You know, name it, claim it, believe it, receive it, blab it, grab it. We come up with stuff to make everything turn out just all right. When well, the book of Acts, it didn't for everybody. You can't control circumstances. You don't know what's going to happen a year from now. You don't know what's going to happen two years from now. It's one thing that the Bible does say is that we just don't know sometimes. But if you're like me, when you pray, you try to slip in there to God what probably should be the outcome, right? It's like, dear Lord, as I'm praying for this here, I'm praying that maybe this, this, and this needs to happen. Will you please do it in Jesus' name? And since I said Jesus' name has got to be done, right? But sometimes, you know, God knows much more than we know. Father knows best. And there's areas that we just don't have the perspective. And so why do we want to be in control? It's our ego. It's what we think of ourselves. We really believe we know what is right at the core of it. And what I'm asking you today is to lay that down wherever you're trying to control and trust God in that area. You know what ego could spell? E-G-O? Edging God out. And many times our ego edges God out of the situations in our life. Now let's look at Proverbs 3, uh, 5, and 6. And I'm going to give you the control freak version. Alright, then I'm going to give you the real version. But I'm going to give you the control freak version just for a second. So bear with me. And, and this is how, because you know, you probably know this scripture. You've probably heard it. You've probably memorized it. You've probably finished it. You've seen it in, in a card somewhere. Um, in a Hallmark card. But here's how we usually live it out. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart and lean on your own understanding in some of your ways acknowledge him and you will make your path straight that is not what it says that's not what it's meant to say you're like why is he changing that because that's what you live you, you have the scripture memorized you just don't live it like that I don't live it like that we still want to hold on to certain areas of our life as, as Tim was saying during worship we still want to have control in certain areas instead of releasing it to God here's what it should say Trust in the Lord with what? All of your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In what? In all of your ways acknowledge him. And he will make your paths straight. See, many times the reason we want to control something is when we fear losing it. So we want to control it. And what happens is the more you try to control it, the less control you actually have over it. But the less control you exert over something, the more control God's able to have over it. Isn't that beautiful? The more that you release control of a situation and you trust God in that situation, the more that he can 
help you. And I want to show you today quickly from an Old Testament passage about two people who took control to a whole new level in Genesis 16 verse 1. So if you have your copy of God's Word, uh, you can turn to Genesis 16 verse 1. And let you guys know too um, that if you, I, I did not write this book, Craig Rochelle wrote this book called Alter Ego, it's what the series is based on. If you want to read more about this and, and a little more than what I'm, I'm preaching on, you can actually order this book from Amazon called Alter Ego and you can check it out there just to let you guys know. We get no proceeds from it, it's just a great book and I want to help you out so you can do that. Genesis 16.1. There's a story of Abraham and Sarah, and again, a very familiar Bible account. But this is when control goes wrong. And we'll see two people who had a promise from God. God wanted to bless them with a son. And through that son, the promise was that Messiah, Jesus, would come through the line. Isn't that a great blessing? You'll have a child, then you'll have a bunch of other children, and through all those children, one day will come the Messiah to save the world. I don't know about you, that's a pretty good promise, right? So, what happens is they get really old. I mean, like, really old. Like, 90s old. You know, it's like, and they're like, we've not had a child yet. If you're in the 90s, I mean, you're probably thinking, "Um, I'm done. (laughs) There ain't no children coming from here. And so, as they keep getting older and older, they decide to make some decisions to take control of the situation. Because God's just not doing it in the right timing, right? Because, you know, God must have been taking a nap or doing something wrong. And so they, they take control. I want you to look at this here in Genesis 16.1. It says, now Sarai, which was her former name, Abram's wife. Remember they, had, remember they had the old names and then God gave them new names, which is Sarah and Abraham. It's made it longer for him to spell. Um, had borne him no children. But she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. Terrible name for a lady. Don't name your children that. <laughs> So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. So then she thinks God's holding something back from her, right? Same thing in Genesis. When you look at Eve, she thinks God's holding something back. So you always get in trouble when you think that God's not giving uh, his best to you. And then you try to go get your best for yourself. And it always messes up. But watch this here. And this, I mean, you know, this is the Bible, folks. He says, go sleep with my maidservant, Hagar. Perhaps I can build a family through her. So she's trying to take control of the situation. If I can't have a kid by George, we'll just see if Hagar can have one and be, kind of be a, you know, a, you know, stepchild. Um, Abraham agreed to what Sarah said. So after Abram uh, had been living in Canaan for 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian maidservant, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. Now you know that today we have the Palestinians and the Jews still going at it. You have Islam and Judaism bashing heads. Do you know where it started at? Trace it back to right here. She had a son named Ishmael. So you can trace it all back to right here. One person decided to take control and edge God out and that's what happened. Now there's two rules. Let me show you quickly before we get to our points. Number one is this. Two things that you never must do. Number one, never sleep with a woman named Hagar. It doesn't turn out good. And number two, never break rule number one. And Abraham did both of them. So that's why he messed it all up for us. And don't name your child Hagar either. If you're named Hagar in here, we love you and God gave Abraham a new name and can give you one too. Um, 
So in your life, I want you to realize that you may be settling for less than God's best. Maybe in relationships. You're like, you know, I've been on 25 dating sites. I hadn't found anybody. So I'm just going to take it in my own hands. Tired of waiting, God. Past child, I'm going after it. Or maybe you settle for somebody you know is not godly and you want to pursue Jesus and you want to follow Jesus. They don't care about Jesus. And you're like, you know what though? I'm tired of being lonely. And you go after that and it hurts you. Maybe financially, you're in a place, you're like, you know what? If I can't get it through my own paycheck, I'll just get a bunch of credit cards and we'll, we'll rack up credit card debt and we'll, we'll make sure we get what we, we're supposed to get. And then you're in a worse situation than you were before. Say, so I don't know where you're at where you're finding the need to control, but I guarantee every one of us in here has an area. And what I want you to do in your notes before the end of the day, you don't have to do it right now, but in your notes is actually a place to write down there. Where's the one area you feel like you're needing to control and you're not trusting God? And my prayer today before we get through uh, with this message is that you would find that one area. Maybe it's during worship at the end and you'll write the one area down and you will lay it down to God. And here's three questions to help you with that. Three questions we're going to ask today. So how do you release control? And you've got to ask these three questions. And can I tell you something? If you're zoned out and you're like, man, you know, I want to hear about dragons and revelation and crazy stuff. Can I tell you something? This is the stuff here that I get emails about. Because that's where most of us struggle at. This is where we live at. And from the most spiritual to some of you knuckleheads in here, we all deal with this here. I deal with this. And here's the questions you've got to ask. Number one is this to write in your notes. Is it worth my concern? Is it worth my concern? Look at Luke 10, 41 there in your talk notes. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Now that scripture there, uh, you know, you have Martha coming and she's mad because Mary's over there worshiping Jesus, sitting down at, at, at Lazarus' house and she's worshiping Jesus and Martha's making all this food. And she's like, Lord, I'm baking all the casseroles and she's doing nothing. What's up? Tell Mary to come help me get busy and get... Stop. Tell her right now to come do this. And then Jesus pretty much looks at her and says, What's it to you? She's doing what she's supposed to do. Take care of yourself. And many times we get in trouble because we're concerned about things that's not really our concern. We're worried about things that God never told us to worry about in our lives. And so you get to ask the questions. Is it my concern? Let me ask you this, guys. Especially ladies in here. Does it matter if someone doesn't fold the towels right? What's the answer? No, you failed. You failed. I'm praying we're going home. All right, men. Men in here. Men in here. Does it matter if your wife leaves trash in the car? Yes, no. Does it matter? Does it matter if your child's hair is just right? No, it won't get them going to Harvard. Every one of us had a terrible haircut growing up, right? We had the haircut mom and dad decided to do, and it was just terrible. And you can look at pictures, and you, luckily my mom was a beautician. So I even had, like, designs in the hair. I was, I was bad, man. Um, I had the mullet, the spike, and designs. You couldn't stop me. So it won't affect your child getting into Harvard. Is it worth my concern? And so if you 
have a situation that you're worried sick about, and you're like, oh, I just can't. Is it a person you're trying to control, or is it a situation you're trying to control? And is it really worth your concern? Should you be worrying so much about that? And some things really aren't your concern. See, Jesus did the same thing to Peter. Jesus was not this fluffy guy riding around on, on rainbows, you know, throwing out marshmallows on unicorns. He was a guy that spoke truth. And Peter comes to Jesus and says, hey man, there's some disciples over there and they're preaching the gospel. I think we should rain fire down on them. Yeah. Jesus is like, what, what they're doing is what they're doing. Don't worry about them. They're doing the right thing. Peter comes and then, you know, he's worried about other people all the time. James and John. And every time you see it, Jesus says, don't worry about others. Worry about yourself. Don't worry about other people. And so many times there's things that are not our concern that we're telling Jesus to, hey, you need to get them to do the right thing and do it right now. And he's like, well, actually, you just need to be concerned with you, not with them. Here's your second point this morning. You guys still love me here today, is it okay? Because so, some of y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm in your stuff there because you know, you're, you know you're, you're concerned about things that you shouldn't be. Second one is this, second question you've got to ask. And so if you're going through a situation, let me help you. The question is this, is it mine to control? Is it mine to control? Is it mine? Now look at James 4.13 and 4.14. James says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. Is it mine to control? You don't know what's going to happen in, in the years to come. That's why I can't tell you 2015 is going to be your best year yet. And you get preachers telling you that in January. Because we don't know if that's going to be our best year yet. We don't know what the future will hold. So you have to ask the question, is it mine to control? And, and so some of you in here right now are arguing with me. And let me just sit down for a second. You're saying, you're saying this. You ready? You're saying, but Kevin, some of us just let it go. And not do anything. No, no, no. No, no, listen. Relinquishing control is not the same as relinquishing responsibility. You hear me? You can still take responsibility over a situation, but not try to control the situation. Do you hear me with that? Do you hear me with that? Because there's some things in life that you have to relinquish control, but keep responsibility. Responsibility is stop using the credit card. Stop it. You can wear the same shoes, ladies, that you had six months ago. It's okay. So you can release control of God for your finances, but take responsibility over that. Start living with a budget. The second thing, think about this, is relationships. You can't control your spouse. Any married couples in the house today know that. You can't control them, right? It doesn't work out well. Some of y'all, I tried to free you up and, and you just ignored me there. Um, so there's areas that you, you can't control. Do you understand that there are things that will never change with your spouse? Some of y'all are like 30 years until you're like, yeah, yeah, we know that. Um, we've got, you know, we're varsity, uh, you're junior varsity, so yeah, we know. But there are things that you can take responsibility for. And listen, you can take responsibility for yourself. Do you hear me? You can't change them, but you can change yourself. You can work on yourself. You can focus on yourself. Let me help you single guys out in here. Some of you single men. Yeah, you, you can't control your dates and things like that. But can I tell you something? You can brush your teeth. You can comb your hair. You can sell your Xbox. You can get out of your mom's basement. And you can go start working. And you can take responsibility. Amen? Yeah. Can't find nobody. 
You're in the basement playing Xbox. You ain't going to find a body in there. I'm going to keep going here. But here's some good advice, guys. Stop worrying about the things you can't control. Stop worrying about those things. Is it mine to control? See, I heard the old country preacher say this. He said, we don't know what the future holds. But amen, we know who holds the future. Hallelujah. You've probably heard that before, hadn't you? We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And we do. You know, we know that God holds our future for us. And so we can take that advice when you're worried about the future. Can I tell you something? I can't control how this church grows. I can't. That's not mine to control. See, when I first started ministry, I thought, oh yeah. We can make it happen. I can't make anything happen. Right? But you know what I can do? I can, we can do our best to have a quality church for you to come to. And then let God control the rest. So I release control, but I take responsibility at the same time. If you can't control it, release it to God. Then take responsibility for what God's given you responsibility for. And usually that's responsibility for yourself. Not people or circumstances. And here's your third and final point this morning. Your question. Is it for God alone? Is it for God alone? And look at this in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything. About what? That's a lot. (laughs) But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, watch this, present your request to God. Stop worrying. Present the situation to God. Some of you will post more on Facebook about your problems than you do spending time in prayer. And wondering why your situation never changes. Maybe if you're you're to spend as much time in prayer as you were posting all your issues on Facebook, then, then maybe you would see changes happen. Present your request to God. Now watch this here. Now this is, this is the promise. Why should I do this? I'm too busy to pray. Watch. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Literally what Paul is saying there in Philippians is beautiful. It's a promise. But watch what he promises. He says, This anxiety that you have that's weighing you down, the stress that lives on you. Paul says, take that, run it through the car wash of prayer, and when it comes out, it's going to be something totally different. See, some of y'all have a beautiful car under the car that you have. You just can't tell there's so much dirt on it. And when you run it through the car wash, it takes all that stuff out and it's something beautiful. See, the same way with prayer. When you're anxious about something and you're worried about something and you run it through prayer, I ain't talking about just, you know, in the car when you're driving, bless me, Lord, bless them, bless him, amen. But when you spend time with the Lord and 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 you pray, then what happens is God converts that to peace. He can take anxiety and turn it, isn't that beautiful? Take anxiety and turn it to peace through prayer. He converts it. See, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a halfway apple man. Any apple people in here? Any, any apple people in the house? Okay, we got some. The rest of you guys um, need to be saved. Um, but my problem is, and listen, I'm a halfway apple man. I still have a PC. For my, my desktop, because I don't want to, I'm too old, I don't want to learn, learn an apple right now. Just don't want to, I ain't got time. But what happens is this, this tablet plays what they call an MOV file. MOV. My PC plays a WMV file. 
So they play two different files. And so I've tried to play something from this on my computer. And guess what? It won't happen. So I've got this, this video over here that needs to turn into WMV. So on my computer, guess what I have? I have a converter. And so I upload this MOV file into the converter. And, and what happens is somehow it converts it to a WMV file. And it can be played on this device. See, the MOV was never meant to be played on a PC. You get this? Y'all getting all these WMVs, MOVs? <laughs> This file was never meant to be played on that file, but there's something called a converter. See, you were never meant to carry stress. You were never meant to carry anxiety. You were never meant to carry worry. And so when you pray, God converts all that to something called peace. And so you've got to ask the question, is it for God alone? Is it for God alone? But again, can I, let me ask you a question. Can you change your spouse? What's the answer? Don't say yes. That means you just got married uh, or you're engaged if you think so. Yeah. Some of you are holding your, your spouse's hands and oh, I, 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 yeah, I just know you'll change. We'll have a marriage series we're doing on Wednesdays this summer and um, it would be great for you to come to. Can you personally heal your loved one? When they're sick, you can't personally do it, but you can pray and you can believe God, but you can't have control over that. You can't have control over that. Can you control your future? And some of you are saying yes, and the answer is no. See, what did Abraham want more than anything else? A son, the promise. And eventually he got the son of promise, right? He wanted that so bad. And you read later, and this is beautiful, six chapters later. The Lord asked Abraham to go and sacrifice his son. It's crazy. I don't understand it. If you don't, I don't. We're all cool. Um, but watch what happens here. There's a principle beyond that. Abraham went over. He goes up to a mountain. And his little boy says, Dad, what are we doing? He says, we're going to go worship. And I, I couldn't imagine. And Abraham went over and, and, and he took a ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. See, when he brought his son up there to the mountain and laid him there, he heard a ram over there making noise. God provided for him. See, when Abraham released control over the very thing he wanted, God showed up. When we release control over the very thing that we want, God shows up in our life. And then Abraham called that place in Genesis 22, the Lord will provide. See, he stopped edging God out. Let me tell you the close of the story here. When I was, um, you know, first became a believer... And, uh, you know, began to follow the Lord back in the early 2000s. I was in a band. And I wanted more than anything for this band to succeed. And I took control more than once. I've told you some stories about that. I wanted to, I wanted to succeed in this band so bad. Well, guess what? We were going on our first tour. And we needed a van to hold all this massive equipment. All this massive equipment. And so across the street, the guy named Ron had a 1977 Dodge that still has like gear shift on it. Tires were huge. I mean, they were just, it was just a, a big clunker. But it ran well, had, only had like 50,000 miles on it. This is, I mean, it, was, it ran really, really well. I mean, this is great. I was like, I, I think I really, really want this. And I went and I bought it quickly. And I told him I'll come pick it up tomorrow. I'll give you the money for it. And as I was spending time in prayer, as I was spending time in, in prayer, I really, I'm going to tell you something. This was cr- crazy. I was praying. I was actually on my knees. And I was praying about the situation. And I saw a picture of that van in my head. And I felt the Lord say, don't you buy it. 
But I, but I got up from my, my time in prayer and said, God, we've got to have a van. And we don't have a van. And we've got to go on tour. And we've got to do this. And I don't really think that was you. You know when it's God, right? You just get that impression. It's just, you know. And I got that van. The man can come at this time. I got that van. And I got it in the yard. I cleaned it up. Got the rims painted on it. Rims with the hub, whatever, the big rim hubcaps painted on it. Had it looking good. And I had it there. And I got ready to put it in reverse. And it backed up. And I got ready to put it in drive. And it wouldn't go. And I found out that it drove great in reverse. <laughs> it just didn't go good forward. The transmission had went bad in it. I had not paid Ron anything for the van. He said, nah, man, don't you worry. He said, just back it on up to, <laughs> to drive it down the road backwards and have people, my mom following me. And it was just embarrassing. And I learned a powerful, a, a powerful principle from that. I should have released it to God and let God provide a van for us. You know he did. And we toured and it was great. But I decided to take control of the situation. See today, I don't know where you're at, but there are areas in your life that you've got to lay that that ego down to the altar and say, Lord, I'm releasing control to you. Maybe in the area of your, your children. Maybe in the area of, of finances. Maybe in the area of your spouse. And you just you, your hands are up. You're like, man, I don't know what to do. And God's saying, release it to me and let me take control of that situation. Turn your anxiety into peace. Amen. If you will stand to your feet this morning. I want to pray for you and the worship team's going to lead us in a song here. But as I pray for you, you can bow your head and close your eyes in here. I want you just to think about today. What is the one area that you're trying to control? What is the one area you feel like that you're maybe taking on some anxiety you shouldn't take, some stress you shouldn't take. Maybe it's people, maybe it's circumstances, maybe it's a dream you have and you're just going to make it happen and, and you know it's wearing you out. Where is that one area? Let me pray for you and as the worship team plays in a few minutes, I want you to ask the Lord to show you where that area is at. Father, I pray today that you would help each one of us, God, To know the area we're trying to control. God, reveal to us, reveal to us in here the places that we're being like Abraham and Sarah. And we could be messing up futures. God, help us to trust you today. Help us to give ourselves away to you. And say, God, you, you take control. Father, we'll take responsibility. But today we decide to lay down our need for control over a situation. And it's in Jesus' name. Church, if you will, the worship team's going to play. I want you to take a second right now. And I want you to ask the Lord to show you that. Maybe you need to write it down in your notes to show you the area you need to control as they lead you in worship.